All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Baseline Podcast. I'm joined with Eddie Montanez and Zach Zabonchak. So we're on episode seven, and MLB just released the top ten list for left field, third base, and first base. We're going to dive right in with the third base picks. Probably the worst list I have ever seen in my entire existence. So let's let's hear your opinions on why Nolan Arenado is ranked five, first of all. Because that is way too low. Uh, Nolan Arenado at five is literally absolute anarchy. The match should literally be number one. I don't see how they could put Jose Ramirez, Austin Riley, and Rafi Devers in front of him, and even Manny Machado in front of him. I could understand that Manny Machado and Jose Ramirez maybe had better years than uh, – Nolan Arenado in 2022, but Nolan Arenado is Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado is the best third baseman in all of baseball, and it's not a question in my opinion. Yes, Manny Machado is number two, but Nolan Arenado is a platinum glove winner. He is a absolute freak at third base. And I think the fact that Key Brian Hazen on this list is absolutely stupid. He has, in 2019 through now, he has led the league in runs – uh, saved defensively. He should be on this list over Yandy Diaz and Max Muncy, and it's not a question. So this list is absolutely stupid. Stupid. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, Nolan Arenado, like you said, he's arguably the best third baseman in the league right now. Um, probably put him, like you were saying, probably put him number one. Probably put Machado number three, J-Ram number two. I mean, I, I feel like those are those are your top three. Um, Max Muncy being in the top 10 is absolutely ridiculous. He did not have a good year last year. I don't understand how he's how he's even on here and number eight, not even number 10. He'd even bat at 250. He'd even bat at 250, which is crazy, and he's number eight. He'd even bat at two goddamn 50. That's crazy. Like, I, I just don't. Even Justin Turner being on here, I really don't understand that either. I mean, yeah, I don't know why he's at seven, man. I, I don't, I don't get that one. I, I like the list in a way, but there's, like I said, Justin Turner, Muncie, Yandy Diaz. I, I don't see how you can even put them on this list. And like you said, Key Brian Hayes, coming in from from 2019, led the league and one saved. He's he's an animal, but he plays for Pittsburgh, so you're not really going to hear anything about him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you guys. Uh, putting Austin Riley, Devers, and Ramirez above Arenado is probably one of the worst takes that a person could ever have. I don't know what MLB Network is doing. I would put Arenado at one, Machado at two. And I don't even know, man. I'd probably put Riley maybe st- staying at three. I don't know. That, that's a tie between Devers and Riley in a way. I think Don't get me pretty wrong. good. Yeah, do not get me wrong. Austin Riley had a disgusting second half of the year last year. An absolutely disgusting second half of the year last mm-hmm. year. But Arenado has been arguably the best third baseman for the past five-plus years. Go back absolutely. to Colorado and go back to now. His glove is insane. He makes the greatest plays I've ever seen from a third baseman, and it's not close. 
Nolan are you Aaron sure Arnold? about that? Machado, Machado and him are pretty close with the glove. I don't know. Nolan Arenado is disgusting at third base, and I think that that glove should be more accounted for. Yes, I understand a computer is the one that made this list, the shredder, whatever the hell that is, which is stupid. But Nolan Arenado at five is completely stupid. Stupid. And the fact that Matt Chapman and Key Brian Hazen on this list over Justin Turner, Max Muncy, and Yandy Diaz is absolutely anarchy. It's stupid. It's stupid. I do like DJ LeMahieu on the list. I don't. I don't know why. I just I, have a good feeling. That coming from a Yankees fan, I like him. I like him on the list, but he he's been struggling lately with injuries. So, I mean, I wouldn't be offended if they would have snuck, you know, Key Brian in there, number ten, just to get him on the list, like we were saying. But I'm glad to see a Yankee on the list, though. Yeah, you're not going to see Alec Bohm on this list. So, I mean, it's just it is what it is. But like he like you said, I'm glad that. There. Yeah, I don't think so. Not anymore. We'll hop over to the first base list. Um, I mean, it's all right. It's not the greatest list I've ever seen. Eddie, let's hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I don't think you could put Jose Abreu over uh, Polar Pete and uh, Matt Olson. Uh, yeah, I understand that he won an MVP before and blah, blah, blah. But Pete Alonzo was a MVP candidate last year. He was top three. And Matt Olson going to Atlanta, his hometown, was a beast there. I don't think Jose Abreu was a top five first base in the MLB. I think you could argue that Ty France and Luis Arise are even better than him because of their bats. I, I could see that, yeah, Jose Abreu going to the Astros maybe even out this ranking maybe because their lineup's going to be gross. But Pete Alonzo... I think is going to be the NL MVP this year, and I'm saying it now. So when Polar Pete wins MVP, we're going to run back to this, and we're going to see this. Clip it, clip so, it. Yeah, clip it. So when Pete Alonso, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Pete Alonso and Matt Olson deserve to be five and six. Alonso should be number four, and as a Mets fan, I'm definitely agreeing that Goldschmidt, Freeman, and Guerrero are all better than Alonso. But Alonzo should definitely be four on this list. Alonzo is a top five first base in the MLB, and it's not a question in my opinion. Yeah, like like you said, top three. I don't think I'd change anything about that. I mean, Freddie Freeman, number two. I mean, obviously, Paul Goldschmidt, absolute animal this past season. Obviously, he deserves number one more than anybody. Vladdy, number three, I can do. I can. I like that one. Yeah, and like you were saying about Jose being number four, I'd probably put him – Six, I'd probably move, obviously, Pete up the four. Probably put Ty France above Matt Olson just for the sheer fact that he came out and really tore it up this year as well. Didn't really see that coming. Um, Matt Olson also had a really good season. I just think Ty France kind of had a lot more to prove. Uh, the rest of the list, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Luis Sarias, I could see him being on the list. He had a really good season this year. Reese Hoskins, he had a good bat this year. Yeah, I mean, I think – that's about it that I I could change with that. Anthony Rizzo also not being on the list is crazy. I also seen him being on the list over Reese Hoskins. I don't think Reese Hoskins was good in the field or in the bat, really. The playoffs, he hit solo home runs that were useless, honestly. But Except the one against yeah, the well, Braves. Well. Pretty cool. But Yeah. Uh, uh, Larry Soraya's at 9-2 is crazy. I think he batted like a 320-something. And he wanted – I understand that he's going to second base this year because he's on the Marlins. 
but he batted over at 320 something in 2022. He shouldn't be number nine on this list. So yeah, he was neck and neck with Judge at the end of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, Judge needed to go yeah. three for four or four for four in his last game to even to even uh, beat Arias. Yeah. So I don't even think he should be nine. I think he should be top seven, top eight, even though he's moving to second base this year. Honestly, I would switch up the top three. I would put Freddie Freeman at one. I think Paul Goldschmidt is a good defensive, and he's good at obviously hitting. But I don't know. Freddie Freeman is like a solid guy that you want in your roster all the time. I've never heard anything real bad. Like, hey, Freddie Freeman's having a really horrible season, you know. With Goldie, Big Freddie Freeman fan. Yeah, I, I like – he's a good guy. I mean, I, I would put him mm-hmm. at number one, Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt two, and then uh, Guerrero at three. Goldschmidt, yeah. Uh, with Abreu, though, yeah, you guys are right. With him going to the Astros, I mean, I think that just adds, I don't know, more hype around him. The, maybe that's why they put him at four. But I do think Pete is better than he is at I mean, at the position. So I put Pete at four. And then Abreu maybe at six, maybe even seven, to be honest with you. And, Eddie, I'd have to agree with you. So I don't think Reese should be on this list because his bat was streaky throughout the entire season. His glove was very questionable. I don't know, though. I mean, his solo home runs – Made it past the first round of the playoffs, so they didn't get nowhere in the World Series, though. So it don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> we were. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see how we do this season. It's gonna be a good season. We'll hop over to the left fielders. I think this list is actually kind of okay. I won't lie. To yeah, you. I like this list. Swanee, what do you think about it? Let's hear your thoughts. Uh, I mean, Jordan number one. I I can't really argue with that. He's he's an animal. He's he's fun to watch. Even being even playing for Houston. Obviously, I can't stand Houston, but I mean, he's he's a fun guy to watch. He crushes the ball. He's he's good, he's a good time. Juan Soto number two. I I like it in a way. I think when he went to the Padres this year, I think it kind of hurt. I don't think he should be that high just based off that. Schwarber number three, that's that's big too. I mean, everyone on the list I think deserves to be on here. And maybe just the order might be a little bit different. Taylor Ward, I think, should be three instead of four. I mean, he he played real well this year. Rosarena, number five. Stephen Kwan for number six. Um I, I like I liked him. He had a really good season coming up through. Thought he was gonna win rookie of the year, beginning of the year. But you know. Um, I mean everything else on the list, I mean, I could agree with. Nothing really more I'd change. What do you think, Ed? I definitely like this list. Uh I definitely do think Stephen Kwan should be top five, as everyone knows that's been watching this podcast. I'm a big guy of someone that gets on base. Stephen Kwan, it was a rookie, and he swung the bat over 60 times and made contact every single time as a rookie. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. In your rookie year, you swing the bat 60 times and you didn't whiff on one pitch. You made contact with everyone. That's crazy. But he also had a very good year. He was the Twins, uh, not the Twins, sorry, the Guardians leadoff hitter, and he also had a very good year. He had a very 
decent postseason against the uh, Yankees, and I believe they also played the – who they play in the first round? I think – See, no. No, it's not the – it was the Blue. Who, who – no, I couldn't have been Seattle. Who made it? They beat – Oscar Gonzalez hit a walk-off – Grand Slam, uh, not a walk-off Grand Slam, a walk-off solo home run in like the 15th inning against them. I completely forget, but uh, I definitely think Stephen Kwan should be top five because he gets on base a lot. He's a very good leadoff hitter. Like I said, he swung the bat 60 times in the MLB as a rookie. He didn't, he didn't miss the ball. So, like, I definitely think in the next coming years, he's definitely going to be top five, top three on this list. I definitely agree with the top three. Jordan won uh, Soto two. That's definitely interchangeable in my opinion. But Jordan had a head of the season this year. He had a really good postseason. Uh, he's one of the only lefties that I've seen really that could tee off against a lefty as well. Like you would think uh, them bringing in Alvarado would have helped them because he's a lefty, but no. Like the guy teed off against lefties all season long. So like. I think that's a very good number one since he can hit he can hit righties and lefties and Soto number two yeah he had a down year since when he was when since when he was at the Nationals but who knows what he could do this year he could win MVP obviously like Cap said the last podcast as well so I definitely think one and two are interchangeable Swarber three I could agree with that even though he didn't have the best average he hit a lot of home runs and he has one of the best eyes in baseball he definitely got cobbed on some of his strikeouts looking like. Angel Hernandez called yeah, yeah. That's that's enough said at Angel Hernandez, but yeah, so <laughs> like I definitely agree with this list. It's not a horrible list. I don't see Michael Brantley being on this list. I could probably name some left fielders that I think could be on this list that are better than him if I really think about it. But uh this list, uh I don't hate it, I don't love it, but I could agree with some of the people on it. And Tyler O'Neill should be up there too. I think he's gonna be a beast this year. Yeah. See, I, I like I like Alvarez at one. Soto at two. I don't know. I want to put him at one, but I mean, he has to he has to have a really good season this year. And I hate Soto, but I do think he's a he's a generational talent. But like, it sucks that he's good. Uh, for sure, we're at three. I think that's a good place for him. I mean, like you said, he he had a ton of uh quality at bats this year and with those came a lot of a lot of dingers so put him at three is a, a fair assessment ian Happ at nine i think he should be over brantley personally i i mean you said brantley is not even supposed to be on this list you could think of a couple other guys so i mean i think he's a i think he should be in at nine or ten not necessarily eight but that's I mean, it could be whatever. I, I do like I, this list, but it's not my favorite. It's a lot better than the other two. I just thought of one that could be over apparently. Austin Hayes from the uh, Baltimore Orioles. He had a very good year. He had a very good year last year. He's one of the one young upcoming players on that team. Like I said in all the most of the uh, podcasts that we had, I think the Orioles are going to be one hell of a team this year, and I think that their young core is going to be awesome. And Austin Hayes. Had a very good, uh, had a very good like month, two month showing. Like just something you could really do, and that one or two month was really, really good. And uh, I think he should be on this list. I think next year he'll make a case for top ten. 
but I think this year he should have been on it too. So. so you mentioned the Orioles. We'll move right into our next topic of sleeper teams going into the 2023 season. Uh, I'm guessing your picks the Orioles, but – I think they'll be all right. I don't think they're going to be even remotely close to the rest of their division, but they might make the playoffs in a wild card spot. I don't think they'll be remotely. I don't because they're in the same division as uh, Blue Jays, Yankees. Like they're in a really, really tough division. But I don't see them making it as the one through six seed. I could see them making it as the seventh seed and sneaking into the playoffs. But like I said before. That team showed what they could do last year. They're not a high-paid team. They're not all that. But when they have – like, I, I think that chemistry is also very, very important, not only in baseball but in all sports. When you have a chemistry that's very good, you're going to play good. Your team's going to play good. They're going to want it. The Orioles showed that they wanted it last year. They didn't really move anyone. They didn't really sign anyone back. They didn't really move – like, they didn't really trade anyone. They didn't really – no one in free agency really left. They have their whole team back, and they made pretty good moves this offseason, like signing uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Gibson, I believe. Like, he's a pretty decent pitcher that could help their starting bullpen. Like I I don't think that the Orioles are going to be one of the top teams in the American League. Uh, absolutely not. But I think they're a team that know what they could do and make the 7 or 8 seed. I'm not saying they're going to make the ALBS. They're not making it past – I don't think they're going to make it past a dominant, uh, good team. But if they could go out there and show with Gunnar Henderson, who played not much last year but played good for what he showed, and Ali Rutschman, who's, who's going to be in his second year, who's going to play really good in my opinion. And if they could get John Means back in their bullpen all together, I think they could be really good. And I think the Rangers could be good as well. They were my second sleeper team. As uh, They just got – as a Mets fan, it sucks, but they just got the Grom. They just got the Grom from us, and they signed really good pitchers that could uh, have his back, like Evaldi. They had Heine, Gray, and their their lineup honestly wasn't that bad. I don't think Adolis Garcia and Jonah were bad to back up uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Like I think that these two teams could really uh, push, a, make a shot towards the seventh or eighth seed in the American League. I don't see. Uh, I could see that I could see them not making it, obviously, but like I said, like these two teams are really young. They could have a good chemistry. They could put it together, and they could show people what they could do and sh- uh, sneak into the playoffs. I like the Rangers as a good pick too. I think that's a good, that's a solid one. Yeah, I mean, I like the Orioles as well. I think they're definitely a team to watch this year. They have young. Young team coming up through a lot of the guys from the farm system coming up. Like they, they, obviously they brought Adley up last year. He tore it up in his first season with them. Uh, they've got Gunnar Henderson came up for a little bit last year. I like like him too. He's he got he got a lot going for him. I believe they're going to try to bring up Grayson Rodriguez at some point this year, if not to start the season. So I mean, those are three real young guys that they have. Probably three of the better prospects that come out. Um. I mean, yeah, like you guys were saying, it, it's a tough division have to play in. Have a lot of good teams like the Yankees and stuff, but um, I think they'll make make a name for it this year. I think they'll do all right. My other sleeper team, you hear me talk about them all the time. I think the Cubs are going to come up this year. Like I said before, it all depends on how this team that they put together in free agency is going to work out together. I mean, you got a number of pretty good players from different teams. 
that have kind of been struggling a little bit. Maybe it's, maybe they all come to Chicago and uh, start doing well, start hitting well, like Cody Bellinger's coming coming off of a bad couple of years. Maybe this is where he comes back, gets his confidence back, and tears it up this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Cubs and the Orioles both have something going for him this year. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see the Cubs. I mean, they made a, a lot of good moves, especially if Bellinger could pay off. For my pick, I'm going with the, a team in the NL Beast. The Miami Marlins are going to be good this year. And to be honest with you, it surprises me that they're actually making moves to acquire good players because their management is not top-notch and they're not going to spend big money. But they acquired Gene Segura. They have Jazz. So, I mean, how, how good could they possibly get if they – can improve their pitching, improve their lineup a little bit more, and maybe in the next two years, maybe even make get postseason run. I don't know, but that's my sleeper team I'm, for this year. I think they're they're going to be good. I'm surprised the Marlins got rid of Pablo Lopez. Yeah, I was surprised that's, about that that's, too. That's a that's a big. I wouldn't say that's going to kill them this year, but I mean that, that's a that's a big piece of their their puzzle there that they're losing. Obviously, bringing in Arias probably help, but I mean. Losing a pitcher for a position player doesn't usually work out, or it doesn't always work out very well. Uh, I honestly love both of your guys' teams that you picked. Like I, uh, I agree with Cam a lot. I think that them signing the AL batting champ from last year is really going to help them. Even though they signed, uh, they lost Pablo Lopez. I think that the reason they did this is because they have a really good uh, pitcher named Yuri Perez who could come up and be. Uh, dominant in the MLB, so and they also have Edward Cabrera, who uh, pitched a little bit last year and wasn't the best, but he showed flashes of what he could do. And who knows what they could do this year? Like Sandy Alcantara just came off an NL Cy Young, best yeah. pitch in the NL, in my opinion. Uh, if I think that if they could, uh, if they could build Yuri Perez into they until what they want. Then Pablo Sanchez, then them moving Pablo Sanchez to the Twins, and then signing uh, Arias is a very, very good trade. Because when you have Alcantara who's throwing 103 max, he's pumping 10, he's pumping 100. You have Edward Cabrera who's also pumping 100 and who has gross off speeds such as Al- as Alcantara, and Yuri Perez who's also doing the same as them too, who could be a number three on that team. And you also have Jazz Chisholm who's very, very good. And you have a young team around them as well. We have Jorge Soler, who has a very good power bat. And I think that they could, like Cam said, be very uh, – like they could show people what they could do and uh, surprise a lot of people. And like what Zavonchik said, I like what, I like the Cubs too. I think that Dansby Swanson and Nico Warner could be one of the best middle infields in the whole league. And who knows, if Cody Bellinger sh- uh, could show what, what happened when he won – what he could do when he won MVP and – uh, in Chicago, then I think they could be very good. They have uh, Christopher Morale at third and Patrick Wisdom to flip up. They have Dansby Swanson, obviously, at short. They have Nico Horner at second. Uh, I believe they just got Hosmer, too, at first base, I believe. And they have Suzuki, Ian Happ, and uh, Cody Bellinger in the outfield. That's not a terrible lineup at all, I'd say. The sign, the them losing Charis is a is is hard on them, yes. But 
if I think if they could bring in good pitching that could help Stroman, which is a number one at, for them, which is I think is their downfall. I don't think Stroman's a number could be a number one in the MLB. But uh, like Ontrick said, their lineup, if their lineup could bring it together, I think they could be a sleeper team. What if now this is a hypothetical? What if they got rid of one of their top arms, right? For Trevor Bauer. There's, the Cubs? There's a, no, the Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, he already got rid like, of Pablo Lopez. I don't I don't know if you could afford to lose anybody else. I mean they're they're obviously gonna ask ask the farm for Alcantara after his past season this year. So I don't think Alcantara mm-hmm. is going anywhere anytime soon. No, I mean, there's not really anybody left that I think they could get rid of to bring in Trevor Bauer. Oh, hey, they could just sign him. I don't think they have to trade for him, do they? Because he's released. He could sign for a minimum contract. I think. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not 100% sure. But, like, I'm just saying, yeah. like, hypothetically, if they wanted to spend that money, they would make their team a very good, maybe even a two in the NL East, to be honest with you. Because the Phillies... The Marlins always have the Phillies number for some reason. And with the Mets probably holding that number one spot and Atlanta, I mean, that's like that's a crazy division. That's a crazy division. That's another tough division, honestly. Another team I could see making it uh, to the playoffs and also making it pretty far is the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, they have Otani and Mike Trout, but, like, Mike Trout is – in my opinion, the greatest baseball player I have ever seen step foot on a diamond. And Shohei Otani is Shohei Otani. He could throw a two-point uh, whatever ERA and bat 290-plus and hit 40-plus home run. Uh, in the last podcast, I said whoever they throw in left field, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize that their outfield is going to be Hunter Renfro, Mike Trout, and Taylor Ward. That is a very good outfield. Hunter Renfro is a very good power bat. Taylor Ward is very good. And Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player in my eyes. And if they could bring back a a healthy Anthony Rendon and a good Jared Walsh and they could have good pitching, I think that they could make a case for one of the best teams in the AL and maybe even a one through four spot, honestly. I think what kills the Angels every year is losing people to injuries, like you said, Rodon and Trout. I mean, everyone's everyone argues about Trout, saying he's not the best, yada yada yada, just because he hasn't he hasn't played a full season. But you see, when he's healthy, what he can do, and when he's healthy, he really is probably the best player on the planet, or of this generation. The Angels is an interesting one. I mean, yeah, I mean, I they were plagued with a lot of head coaching. Like in the past year, you know, like that's kind of what brought them down. I think getting rid of, uh, I can't even think of his name, but getting rid of that guy, enter name here, towards the end of the season, mid season, I think that really helped them out. And I think whoever they sign, if they didn't sign one yet, I didn't catch if they signed anybody, I think that'll help too, getting a new head coach and a new system going in. We'll, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Otani, though, he's a free going agent with, next year. Going back uh, to the Marlins quick, I also forgot that uh, they just got Johnny Cueto, too. So with that Pablo Lopez yeah. trip, 
I think that they're shipping him off so maybe Cueto can have a good year like he did last year, and then Yuri Perez could be the four. I completely forgot about them signing Johnny Cueto. So, yeah, I think that Cueto's going to be the two, and then Cabrera's going to be the three, and hopefully for them they'll have Yuri Perez as the four, and whoever their five is, I don't know, honestly, who their five is. But maybe if their five could be good and their lineup could show up, I think that the Marlins could be good, like Hap said. I'm sorry to cut you off, though. No, you're good. Yeah, no, I, I forgot about that one, too. Uh, just an interesting – it's going to be an interesting year. But, uh, yeah, as I was saying, so we were talking about the Angels for a little bit here. So Otani's a free agent next year. Where is the best place that he could end up? I mean, not, for him as a player, uh, both for money, for his family back in Japan – what, what is the best scenario for him? And what, what do you think he's going to end up getting paid? And what how long, too? Let's, let's hear your thoughts. I think he's going to end up getting paid over 500 mil. I think he's not only going to be the highest paid baseball player ever. I think he's going to be the highest paid athlete ever. He is the only player that I've ever seen that could go out there and be a dominant pitcher and scare absolutely terrified the opposing pitcher he is going to get over 500 million dollars and i am confident in that and i seen that the eight teams uh, i read an article that the eight teams that uh that he's projected to go to are the angels dodgers padres mets yankees giants red sox and cubs i can't see him going to the cubs i could definitely see him staying with the angels though because uh I think that him and Trout's relationship is very strong. And like like I like I keep saying, but team chemistry is also like if you like I'm gonna go to football quick. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, they're not splitting up ever. They're Bengals for life. It don't matter how much they're getting paid, they'll take cuts to play with each other. You know what I mean? I think that the the bond that Trout and Otani have, if Trout's gonna be an angel for life, Otani could be an angel for life, but it all depends on what they could do this year. It all depends on if they can make the playoffs or even not make the playoffs but have a positive record. Uh I could see him definitely going to the Dodgers. They have all they have the money in the world. They have all the money in the world you could ask for. They don't have a dominant team like they did in the past few years. Their reason, their reasoning for not signing, for not signing so many people this offseason, is to get Shohei Otani. They want Shohei Otani to back up uh, Freddie Freeman and Betts. If they can have them three, that's arguably the best trio in baseball right there: Mookie, Betts, Freeman, and Otani. So I think that the Dodgers are very good. Uh, the Mets, obviously, Steve Cohen. I'm not gonna just say this because I'm a Mets fan. Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen. He has all the money in the world. He almost had Correa for three ten million, and I'm almost positive that if he even got Correa, he'd still go after Otani and Machado. Uh, Probably the Yankees, the Yankees. I could definitely see him going to. Uh, I don't think uh, they have many people that they're paying so much. I don't know. You could uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think that uh, that Judge is literally the highest paid person, at, like in the MLB right now, who's really, that's all they're really paying so much for because they got Ben and has gone. They have Giancarlo Stan, who's honestly really cheap for being a good DH and a decent outfielder. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, they have Oswaldo Cabrera, who's on a rookie deal, so that's nothing for them. So I think that if uh, that all their money that they saved, they could get him also, which would be scary because if they have Rodon, Cole, Nestor, and Otani, that's just absolutely gross as a one through four. That would be and disgusting. And you could have Otani as the age. That's just disgusting. The Giants, we know how the Giants are. They almost signed Correa. They almost like they almost signed Judge. He ain't going to the Giants. We all know this. Red Sox, I don't see him going to the Red Sox. Uh, I think Otani wants to be on a team that could succeed, even though it's it's not it's all about it's not all about money. I think it's also about wanting to get a ring. I don't think him going to the Red Sox is going to allow him to get a ring. Because they don't really have another player besides Devers, obviously, because Rafael Devers is the top six to seven uh, third baseman in the MLB. But uh, I don't think that he would go there knowing the fact that he's not going to win anything there. He's not going to like. He's not going to go to the playoffs every year. The Cubs. That is a very surprising one that I read. Like Zubanchik said, their 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 lineup is really good. And we're not really good at the team. And like I said, if they could get an ace to help Strowman, that's so good. If you could have a Tony as your ace just pitches once every five days, and you could even have your, your pitcher DH as well. So it don't matter. So you could have Otani as your ace, and then Strowman as your number two, and then blah, blah, blah. And then that really good lineup to back you up, I think that could be good for all eight teams. The only team that I really can't see him going to is the San Francisco Giants. It's a lot of interesting takes, man. I could I could see him going to the Cubs. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I do think he's going to want to stay on the West Coast, though. I don't think he'll come over to the East Coast for the Mets, the Yankees, or the Red Sox. I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him come to the Yankees. I feel like it would be a lot of – Moving players around, package deals. I mean, I, I think the Yankees have to would have to get rid of some guys to be able to afford him, make room for him. But in my opinion, I think he's like like Cam said, like I said before, I think he's probably gonna stay on the West Coast, probably stay in California. I think I think he'll stay on the Angels. Because I mean they're not they don't have a lot of people they're paying a ton, ton of money. I mean, they could they could probably afford to give him whatever number he wanted. Um, or I could see the Dodgers and the Padres picking him up too. I mean, obviously, like Eddie said, the Dodgers are going to spend whatever they want to spend on him to get him. I mean, I, th- I think just about any team will spend whatever they want on him because he's, he's probably going to be, like we said, highest paid player. I think he'll get a long-term deal for 500-plus million. But yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's staying in the West Coast. I think he's staying in California somewhere. I would be shocked if he stays with the Angels. I'll I don't know. Like it seems like they're they're hell bent on wasting Mike Trout and Otani's career because they can't make the playoffs. You know, they're not they're not that great of a team. And I know they have pieces and all this stuff, but like they're not there. They don't compete yeah. with the Mariners. Like the Mariners are not that much greater of a team than they are, but it, it just seems like night and day when they play the Yankees or something like that. You know, it's like they have two great players that either a can't Mike with Mike Trout can't stay healthy. And then 
Otani, who's just an absolute animal and basically carries the entire team all the time, you know? So I don't think he's going to stay with the Angels. I do think he's going to want to see the postseason at some point. But I, mean, I definitely would like to see Trout and Otani get out of there, but it all depends on what's – but I, I mean, obviously, he's going to be there for the rest of his career. But I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him, see both of them get out somewhere and get a ring somewhere. They both deserve it. I completely agree. I mean, if if Trout could opt out of that deal, I mean, that would be. I don't know if there is an opt out clause for him, to be honest with you. But I'm not sure. If they don't make the playoffs within the next, let's say, two years, they they're going to have some problems. I think. Because that's just a waste. That's yeah. such a sad waste of talent. But, yeah, I don't know. Padres, Dodgers, hopefully not the Padres. Because that would just be a loaded rotation. I don't think Kershaw's staying around too much longer. So, honestly, I think Kershaw maybe got a year or two left in him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like The, the Dodgers are a very good spot that he could end up landing. You know, he's going to get paid a ton of money, stay on the West Coast, and be on a playoff team. I think that's his best-case scenario. Probably a long-term contract, too, for at least maybe 13 years. But that's a lot for a pitcher, but he's not just a pitcher. It's it's a weird contract. I think it's – He can play right field, too. He can literally play the outfield. Yeah. He played the outfield sometimes as well. Yeah. That's, that's I think, I think that's what I said. I think that's what I said it was a couple episodes ago or whatever when I said – the problem with signing someone like Otani, in my opinion, would be say he's pitching, you sign him to a 10-year deal, say he pitches for three, four years and gets hurt, like blows his arm out or something, you can at least still keep him on that contract and use him for an outfielder, still power bat, hopefully. I, I think someone picks him up long-term deal. I think they're going to do something along that lines where they have him pitch for X amount of years and then use him as DH outfielder kind of ordeal. I think that'd probably be the smartest play if someone's going to sign him long term. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's just a strange contract. I never – obviously nobody has ever seen a, a multi-leveled player, and they're not going to have like – I mean, besides DH and first baseman. I mean, that's that's a different thing, though. I mean, you're not having a guy pitch and then to go play outfield and DH. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's how often are you ever gonna see concerning. a guy that's running from first to third in eleven seconds? Like his speed's yeah. phenomenal too. Like Yeah, how often are you gonna have your starting pitcher DH for you? And hit a yeah, triple exactly. in eleven seconds. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's insane. But uh how do we feel about Chris on going to uh going to center? I mean uh, we didn't really talk about that too much. I mean, let's hear some thoughts about that. Let, let's. Why? I saw that he why said he. I saw that he said he's planning on winning a Gold Glove his first year, but. Uh, yeah, I saw it too. I could see, like, like he has a lot of speed. Like they, I could see why he's in center field. Like Trey Turner played center field sometimes. He just has really good speed. He's he's a very good glove at second base. Obviously, the infield and outfield are way different, but who knows what he could do in center field. Uh, I think that this move is very weird in my opinion. I honestly don't know who the first baseman for the Marlins is. But uh, moving Arias to second and Chaz, Jazz and center is going to be really 
cool to see and weird because we don't know what Jazz can do in center yet. We don't know if he's going to go out there and be the gold glove he's planning on being or if he's going to be like Tatis when he moves to the outfield. Not good. So him moving to center is going to be a weird thing to see because like what we thought before, oh, like whatever, not what we thought, but what everyone thought before, oh, Tatis is a beast at shortstop. He's going to kill it in right field. What Tatis do in right field? Shit the bed. So don't know what Jazz Chisholm could do in center field yet. We'll see. We'll see some of it in spring training, most of it in the regular season, obviously. So what I feel about that, it's 50-50. I like the move because obviously they signed Arias, who's a who's an infielder all around, can play any position in the infield. So I think that's very smart of them, but I think it's going to be really weird to see. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see him doing well in center field. I think it's going to take a lot of adjusting, getting used to that position as he was used to being a uh, second baseman for how long. But like you said, he's he's a very fast player. He's a very athletic, you know, young guy. I think this early on his career, I think he can make an adjustment to center field and succeed with it. Um, like like I said, I think it's just be take some getting used to. I think that's a killer combo if they would have kept him at second, though, with Siggy at, at shortstop. I mean, that's a that's a good infield. Why I don't. That's why it is weird. I I agree with you. I mean, it's like. It's like taking a gold glove, removing him, and then putting him somewhere else. Like the same thing that they did with Tatis, like Eddie was saying. We'll see what happens. But I don't think we have any more topics for today. Uh, we got pitchers and catchers reporting in, I mean, geez, only three weeks? What? Yeah, once spring, training, I think it starts? When spring training What's gets up? back up, I'll have it right here on the TV. So if anything happens, I'll be able to. Stay home. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that this year is going to be very good. Like, world, we got the World Baseball Classic coming up. I think that's going to be a hell of a thing to watch. Dominican team, Puerto Rican team, U.S. team, all stacked. I think that if we, yeah, that'll be re- this year's a very good year of baseball, in my opinion. Probably going to be the most fun to watch. Like, all the teams are, all of our teams are very good. Phillies just got Trey Turner for Cam. The Mets just got Verlander, Say Suzuki, and Simon Nemo for long term. They got and the Yankees got Aaron Judge for how many years and Rodon. So I think this year for all of us is going to be very fun to watch. And this year baseball is going to be very competitive. And this podcast should be very debateful. It should be heated <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, especially in Phillies Mets series. Especially yeah. me and you and the NLEs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. But uh, so that wraps up this episode of The Baseline. Stay tuned for The Fade and Chill It Off Your Sports Radio. We have an NBA podcast coming out next week. All right. Um, follow our Instagram, and we'll catch you next week.